Hey, welcome back to Tunes Tunes Podcast. I'm your host, Harold. As always, you can follow us on social media. That's Tunes Tunes Podcast, T U N E S slash T O O N S. We're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. You can listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you find your podcasts. Got uh, my guy, Graham Thompson, in the house. What up, Graham? Hey, how's it going? Man, it's been a long time coming. I'm glad to finally get you on the show. I'm sorry it took so long. I feel like I tell everyone that when I finally get them on the show. I'm like, I'm sorry it took so long. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, like, granted, like, what? We recorded the thing with Josh. That was when, like, the fall. Yeah. And then the holidays hit. And then just, like, and then it's all just up in the air. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for being gracious. I appreciate it. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> uh, real quick, uh, top of the hour, we give a shout out to Mint Apparel. Mint Apparel has what you need if you're looking for a local shop to do screen printing, embroidery, heat press vinyl. They can even take care of your branding and logo design needs. Check them out at mintapparel.com. That's M-E-N-T apparel.com. Or on social media on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can also request a quote by emailing them directly at info at mintapparel.com. Shout out to John Knight. He, uh, that was actually uh, one of the things that kind of held me up tonight. Uh, give you guys a peek behind the, uh, the curtain here. <laughs> I'm talking to Graham. Uh, That's interesting. He printed uh, some shirts up for me. We did like a uh, Toons Toons shirt. And it's mm-hmm. like in the font of, it's like the layout of the classic Cartoon Network logo. You know, that black and white checkered. Oh, yes. It's so With but, like, yeah, like the squares and stuff. Yeah, it's like that font, but yeah. it says tunes tunes because it's like the perfect length. And All so right. yeah, he just he did some shirts for us. Uh, you can check him out on social media. But pretty excited <laughs> about the work he did. So shout out to John. Uh, but yeah, man. Um, thanks again, Graham, for jumping on, dude. Yeah, we met at uh, we met through a mutual friend, Josh Kane, mm-hmm. that hosts Animation Station podcast. And so he had asked. Uh, I think you guys had talked about doing it, but he had asked me if I'd ever seen any of the Fate Stay series, uh, specifically Fate Stay Night. Um, and I hadn't, and he'd asked if I was interested in maybe watching it and jumping on that episode with you guys. And so I was like, sure, like not knowing that I was committing to like a four-hour episode <laughs> that we'd uh, yeah we'd eventually <laughs> record with him. Man, that was crazy. I mean, you know, like, it's very easy to kind of just jump off the deep end and just get lost in conversation (laughs) when talking about the Fate series. There's just so much going on. Like, the majority of those are, like, the Fate Stay series, they're based off of, like, uh, visual novels. So, like, those take, like, 20, 25 hours just to basically read. The other ones are based off books. So it's like any sort of movie where it's just a ton of content squeezed into, like, a short whatever 20 episode season, something like that? Yeah, it's pretty short. It's not too long. I mean, I was able to watch it in the amount of time that he, he gave me a mm-hmm. couple weeks. And I was able to watch it in that amount of time. So yeah. it wasn't anything too bad. Um, not to get off too much of the Fate Stay, because I definitely want to talk <laughs> about that show. Uh, oh. The way that I had kind of heard of you, and I don't know if it was the way Josh maybe heard of you too, was through uh, the Anime Book Club. And so is that something <laughs> that you're a part of, or did you start that? Can you kind of talk about that? Oh, boy. So that kind of... I mean, that just goes back to the whole Unlocked stuff. Right, like right. When Unlocked first, Unlocked first started, what, uh, two years ago, as of this spring? I think so. Because <laughs> um, it started out as a Facebook page where um, I just found it randomly through a, a voice actor I was following. Um, and it's a Facebook page created by Bryce Pappenbrook and David Vincent. Um, kind of just like a place for fans of English dub voice actors to just hang out. I don't know, talk, post stuff, whatever. Um, and then I remember like kind of early on in like the, uh, 
the Facebook pages, I guess, lifespan, whatever, um, like one of the main recurring or one of the most like strictly enforced rules is like no spoilers. If you're going to talk about a show, be vague. Don't spoil it for someone that hasn't already seen it. Right. Um, and then so naturally me and my, my, my uh, desire to break the rules, uh, I was like, well, what if we like did like an organized viewing where we say, hey, watch this show over these two weeks and then we'll get together and talk about it whatever I added defined time where we can talk about spoilers, talk about the whole show without risk of like spoiling for someone. And then I messaged the mods or I messaged the admins. They told me to go to the, no, I messaged the mods. I messaged the mods. Mods are below <laughs> the admins. <laughs> get your, get your story straight, Graham. You're, exactly. You're going back and forth. Here. Who did you talk yep. to? <laughs> well, cause then, the, cause, cause the mods, that's how I met, um, Matt Walker and Lauren Salter who do the Walla cast out of Seattle. <laughs> right but but then um then they referred me to the admins uh who i didn't know at the time but it was just bryce sitting behind a screen right yeah <laughs> and i was like hey i have this idea for a series where we just talk like we we, we do this with like book club but with anime and bryce is like sure why not we'll give this guy a a series and he's like the one the one requirement though is it has to be a visual like it has to be a video series and in the moment, I was like, uh, you want me to make videos for you guys? Uh, sure. That sounds cool. How funny. And then I just started making videos, <laughs> posting them on the Facebook page. And then eventually, once the uh, Unlocked app came out, um, they got me on the Unlocked app as a streamer. I just I stream every Sunday. I sit and chat with people about anime. I have a recurring or I have a, I have a show, a current show that we talk about every other Sunday it just kind of became this fun little like side project for me to work on. And I've gotten to work with some cool people. Gotten, I mean, I met you guys basically through my work through unlocks. Right. So. Yeah. <laughs> no, it is cool, man. I love, um, I love jumping on the stream whenever, uh, <laughs> whenever I like am home on a Sunday and I'm like, Oh mm-hmm. yeah, I need to jump on and see anime book closely with her. Cause I like to see, like stay up to date with at least seeing what you guys are like, uh, watching. And yeah. then it's usually like some shit that I'm like, dang it, like I haven't got to that yet. <laughs> so then I, I, I say like, sorry, go well, ahead. Oh, basically my entire like my current, I, I try to be watching one show at a time and like watch an episode or episode or two of it every night. And like <laughs> the book club has basically dictated what I watch from now on. Right. Which yeah. Is, <laughs> which overall kind of been a good thing. Like I've been exposed to them to some like new shows that I probably wouldn't have watched otherwise. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, no, yeah, I feel you, man. That's kind of like the way that this show has been for me because, like, mm-hmm. my approach is that you know I say it probably every episode, but I'm like the basic bitch fan of anime, so like, <laughs> I watched the stuff that was like like Toonami or like the Saturday Night Block on Cartoon Network, and that was kind of my intro. And then you know I started the show because I wanted to learn more and like have cool people on that, you know, mm-hmm. that I wanted to hear about like the stuff that they were into and find new shows problem with that is now i have like <laughs> fifty thousand shows i watch and i'm like when am i gonna have time to watch all of these shows like yep. my god too much anime i know that's so, a good problem yeah it's been cool <laughs> but it is also funny too because people think i'm like an expert and i'm like dude like i am a filthy casual through and through like i like the the big hits and there's a couple like mm-hmm. uh there's a couple here and there that i've seen that are kind of random that like i can kind of speak to but fate, uh, fate stay night was one of those because you know I'd never uh, gotten into that series. I, I'd watched like one or two episodes, I think, of of Fate Zero at one time. Okay, 
but never like went through and like finished the series or caught up or anything like that until Josh was like, Hey, you know, I'm going to do this episode with Graham. Like, do you want to jump on if you just want to watch it? And I think that might've been what it was. It ended up being that that was what anime book club was doing yeah. for that, for that two weeks. Were they mm-hmm. doing fate stay night? Yep. Yeah. Okay. We were watching. Cause the thing is fate stay night is broken up into three different stories. Right. <laughs> that are all separately produced. <laughs> And we'd already watched one of them, so this was a great excuse for us to watch the second one. Oh yeah, I love, un- love all of them. And it was Unlimited Blade Works, right? Yes. Or yep. Unlimited Budget Works, as you said. Yeah, because <laughs> that show's pretty. <laughs> it's so pretty. The shit is tight, man. Like the shit looks good. Yep. It, it is very well produced. Um, mm-hmm. So you said, was that kind of your intro to it? Was like that that light novel series or graphic novel series? You said, or video? So the what funny was thing it? is that video novels. That what it was. So, uh, yeah, visual novel. Visual novel. <laughs> it's it's basically a book, but with pictures that move once every, like, uh, I guess, whenever, whenever like, someone starts talking, their face will change to kind of, like, signify how they're feeling. Right, and yeah. And then, like, yeah, they won't move again until they talk again. So, but the funny thing is that, actually, I got introduced to the Fate series by, um, I mentioned them before, uh, uh, Matt Walker and Lauren Salter. Uh, they were huge fans of the series and they were the ones that were really kind of like pushing me to, to, to watch the series. And, um, and you know, I'm extremely glad that they did because I ended up loving the series and, <laughs> and just diving more into it. So, <laughs> I mean, yeah, it was a cool series. Like I, it was one that I was like, man, I need to go back and watch like all three parts of that because like, yeah. I really enjoyed what I watched and I was worried when and I was then, watching it. I was like, man, Josh, like, I don't want to like, <laughs> not or like ruin something or something he's like nah you'll be all right <laughs> well because then there's zero and then apocrypha right and then extra and then their games it's just there's there's so much yeah i remember you saying that they had like a game that you were like into at the time or like at least you yeah. downloaded it or something so i didn't know if you're still fucking with that or not yeah they got a mobile game that i'm like almost a year and a half into tight very tight it's it's a great time killer uh-huh. <laughs> So was uh, was anime something that you were like into growing up, or like were, were like your friends into it? Like what? Like just like your intro to anime as a whole? Like mm-hmm. how did that kind of come about? So like, the weird thing is that I mean, like when I was in elementary school, like I watched Pokemon, I watched Yu Gi Oh, Dragon Ball, all the stuff that was like on Toonami back in the day. Right. But like throughout middle school and high school, I really drifted away. Like I, I had friends that watched like Attack on Titan. But, like, my general opinion of the genre was that, like, I just thought it was really weird. Because I'd only really seen, like, the super, like, the overly sexual stuff. Right. Or, like, Attack on Titan, which is just unnecessarily brutal at times. So, like, I was kind of, I don't know. I I, I, I wasn't in, as inclined to kind of, like, watch new shows. Also because, like, I didn't really have a medium to watch them either. <laughs> right on, but, yeah. Uh, but, but then in college... Uh, one of my roommates had a Crunchyroll account and he was like, Hey Graham, uh, you did band in high school, right? And I'm like, yeah, I did four years of marching band. I loved it. It's like, well, there's this show about marching band that you're going to love. And I'm like, all right, I guess I'll try it. And he showed me it. I binged the whole series and I'm like, this is pretty good. This is, this is a, I enjoyed this. Is there anything else specifically like this? I don't want to do the other stuff. Is there anything music and like kind of more like slice of lifey? And then he's like, let me show you your lion April. 
And then I sat down and watched July and April. I think that was on, yeah, that was on Netflix. Oh, and very tight. That show broke me. <laughs> yeah. Like, you, you, that, sorry, go ahead. Yeah. Well, but say like that was the show that kind of that showed me that like anime's a medium, not a genre. It's just a way of telling a story. Like you have multiple within like the scope or within the umbrella of anime, you have action, you have comedy, you have drama, you have tragedy. And it's like I, I've realized that within this whole medium, there were shows that were perfect for me. And then that's just kind of what I focused on. <laughs> right on, yeah. Uh, and so we you had mentioned out. that that was like your like your go to like uh like one of the, like your favorite anime, like series of all times oh, yeah. uh, t- <laughs> at this point now like uh can you can maybe talk about that show specific a little bit your lion april like uh for someone yes. that maybe hasn't watched it or you know maybe wants to check it out just hasn't had a reason to yet can you kind of you know give the give the uh the come to jesus talk about that show like why should someone <laughs> check that out <laughs> well um it's it's very different. It's unlike most of the most anime out there because it's very slice of lifey. Like the characters do kind of anime reactions, but the show in general is about a, a a pianist that was like a child prodigy, loved the piano, but his mother passes away at a young age, and that just really messes with him. It 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 gets to the point where he associates the piano and his mother so much together that he can't play the piano without feeling bad about his mom, without remembering, and he's just terrified to play the piano. Um, and then he gets introduced to a, a violin player who kind of breaks him out of the shell, brings back his confidence, and there's this kind of like pseudo-romance that goes on between the two of them, where the whole time they kind of like... It's, it, it, it's never 100% clear... If he likes her, if she likes him, does anyone like anyone? And it's it's the I don't know. I the, the show feels very down to earth. It's a very very like it's it's an emotional drama music. <laughs> uh, it, it's it's everything that I I love. <laughs> right, it like checks all those boxes for you. <laughs> exactly. Well, no, I think you're so, right about like saying uh you know that there's literally something for everyone like it's Mm -hmm. it's it's a medium you know there's so many different shows there's literally it's like podcasts there's like there's something out there that you're gonna like because there's just so much and there's so many different genres so many things people touch on and yeah that's that's one of the things i latch on to as well like shows like uh you know when you like really relate with the characters when you feel really invested in the characters (laughs) and like seeing what they're doing going through what they're going through and everything uh, that's really what draws a show out to me as well. So, yeah, I mean, it's cool that it, like, is able to check those boxes for you. It sounds like it was really something that you were able to relate with. Oh, yeah, 100%. <laughs> <laughs> um, you'd also said, you know, one one of the, uh, seems to be like a series, like a show favorite. Um, a lot of people I have on are big fans of Steins Gate as well. And you had mentioned that you're a fan of that one. Um, was that one just oh, like yeah. another one that you found organically or did you hear about it from a friend or what? Yep. That was a friend that um, like very aggressively was like, Graham, you have to watch Steins Gate. It's, <laughs> it's one of the best shows ever. And like looking at it, I'm like, ah, the art style is kind of, kind of dull. Like, eh, I'm like, I, I, w- I was very disinclined to watch it at first 
But once I did, oh my God, that show is such a trip. <laughs> yeah, man, it's insane. What a funny, like, like crazy premise for a show, too, man. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and, like, or sorry. No, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, for a show that deals with time travel, like, and for a show that, 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 that is centered around time travel and is, like, and is logic and coherent, like, that show, I feel like I, I could sit there and pick it apart and not find a loophole or not find, like, a, a plot hole within the show. Like, I feel like it is written so tactfully that there, there, there might be something. There might be something someone can point to, but, like, when I watched it, I was like, everything makes sense. Like nothing is out of place. Why is this? Like, I feel like in general, there's so many like time travel shows out there where it's like, well, why does that person exist if X happened and is, doesn't Y contradict Z or whatever. Steins Gate just, it it just, (laughs) it feels perfectly written, which is baffling. (laughs) Yeah. You feel like they keep the shit airtight and you're like, nice. Mm hmm. Yeah, <laughs> it is good, man. It, it's one, and it comes up often when we talk about shows that we enjoy the dub of. Um, oh, definitely. I think it has a really good dub, like great localization. Uh, J. Michael Tatum. Yeah, great localization Phenomenal. in that. Um, just genuine, uh, like emotion and everything. I think it's a. I think mm-hmm. it's a great show. Oh yeah. Um, but yeah, it was cool to hear. Like, it's funny. Like, the more I do the show, the more that I have people on, and the more that I'm like, <laughs> oh man, like this is a, this is a. a you know, heavy hitter, like a bunch of people are super into this show. So it's like, makes me notice. And like, I, I yep. like, you know, keep that in the back of my mind for when I'm doing episodes that are centered on one show specifically, like we've done some panel episodes. So I'm like, I've been working on Steins okay. one for a minute. <laughs> oh, definitely. I mean, that's, there's so much to talk about in that show. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, you know, speaking of that, it's like, uh, you know, I wanted to do an episode on that specifically just on that show, but other episodes mm-hmm. that come to mind that I've been wanting to do, um, specifically like stuff like Steins Gate or, you know, mm-hmm. things we talk about have the good that, that have great dubs. Um, mm. one that we've been working on putting together is a episode where we talk about the parallels between watching a show subbed versus dubbed. And so okay. I know you're kind of into like, uh, are you more like into like the watching, sh- watching shows dubbed? Is that, it seems like you're more like to follow like the voice <laughs> actor type side of things, but not like that you wouldn't watch it subbed or anything like that. But can you kind of speak to that? That's, it's kind of an interesting yeah. thing. <laughs> you're completely right. I mean, like <laughs> if I'm ever given the option of a sub or a dub, I'm always going to pick the dub, but like, um, but, uh, I guess like one of the, the shows I listed here on the, uh, whatchamacallit uh the rascal does not dream of bunny girl senpai that show <laughs> that sounds insane dude <laughs> <laughs> well so that and that one was only subbed i believe to my knowledge unless funimation did something with it right which i don't think they did but i watched that whole show subbed and it was it was great um it's have you heard of the uh the show um my teen rom-com snafu or my teen rom-com is a lie as i expected I think I've maybe, man, I don't know. I never know. Okay. Like if I was like, does that sounds familiar? But it, man, I never know. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, uh, basically the guy that wrote that also wrote the rascal show and the main characters are almost exactly the same. They're these snarky loners that like, don't really, they're, they're, they're just really witty and kind of the opposite of your like typical shonen protagonist. They, they, they're loners. They stay away from people. 
they're very kind of like mean and like I don't know snappy but like but they always come off as very smart and I don't know why I like smart characters <laughs> right it's like Steins Gate <laughs> no I mean it's cool man it's like it's like we have those boxes like it's just got to check you know what I mean so like yep. you want some smart characters some good writing stuff like that so it makes sense yeah. it is interesting though man it's just like you know I've, I've told this story before but it's just like polarizing the sub versus dub thing and it's like that part mm-hmm. of fandom is kind of annoying to me but like when we're showing Akira we showed Akira as part of a series that we did last year here at Tower Theater called uh, Animation which is like everybody's done animation yeah. in May or whatever but uh, we showed a bunch oh. of different animated movies in May and I'd been wanting to show Akira for some time and we finally like locked it down in May and then it got down to are we showing the sub or the dub and which one like are we showing the dub from the original dub or the later dub and so mm-hmm. it finally got down to you know deciding what to show and I ended up showing the the dub because I like you know Johnny Young Bosch is in that one I, th- I think it's a mm. great dub and uh, we had a little event where we we're giving away some tickets to it and this girl like we she won free tickets to to see this like it, I thought it, I think it's dope like when you get to watch like when else are you going to get to watch a movie like this in a big theater like that's pretty yeah. legit like a movie like that that doesn't show very often and so you know she won these tickets to it and she was like well is it subbed or dubbed like in a really <laughs> aggressive way <laughs> and so I was like oh uh it's uh the dub and like she refused to take the tickets, like she got she had free tickets, and then she wouldn't take them because it was the dub. <laughs> and I'm like, are you See, typically, fucking kidding me? Like that is so <laughs> crazy to me. That's so annoying. And you know, like if they're gonna ask, if they're gonna go out of their way to be like, is it subbed or or dubbed? I know, you yeah, know they're looking <laughs> for the sub. <laughs> My God, yeah, I could just. I don't remember like th- what the chick looked like, but I could just imagine her like pushing her like glasses up in the middle. <laughs> Is it subbed or dubbed? I'm like, come <laughs> on, it's a fucking free movie. Like, get over yourself. Exactly. But I mean, that's just like a small segment of the audience like being shitty. Mm-hmm. But I still remember that more than like all the people that showed up to Akira because it was like an all time turnout for that movie. Hey. But it's that one negative thing that sticks out to me because I'm like freaking asshole just come watch the movie like yeah um but we usually man like i kind of err towards the side of dubs as well um (laughs) we showed your name last year as well and we showed that subbed because i like the sub of that like i don't rather i don't like the dub as much um and the sub some somehow got messed up on the movie screen and so like I literally left the movie because, like, <laughs> I was so stressed out that the that the subtitles were fucked up that I was like, "Dude, I can't even watch this." Like, there was one point where, like, someone one of the characters talks for like, you know, fifteen twenty seconds, and like the same like line is on the screen, and it's like three words, and I'm like, "Oh my god!" Like, they definitely said oh, more no. than three words, and so like, my freaking anxiety was through the roof. And so for stuff like that, man, like I tend to want to watch stuff that's dubbed more, just mm-hmm. me personally. But man, I don't hate, I don't hate either way. I'll watch anything yeah. if it's subbed or dubbed. I'm not scared. So, but I think in, in regards to your name, though, I think that's a good call watching it subbed. 
Because I know like one of the most important kind of plot points in that is a play on words where they talk about like uh, with the phrases like uh, something about shadows or something about dusk. Yeah. Yeah. mm -hmm, Which kind of gets lost in translation or lost in the dub. Yeah, it is kind of like there's like a specific phrase in Japanese that's Mm -hmm. designated for that time right before it's dark. But, you know, it's not quite nighttime, but it's still it's not daytime like that dusk twilight time. Mm -hmm. But yeah, man, it was pretty intense. Like we've got to show some cool stuff up here, but without some damn confrontations on whether we're showing the dub or the sub, I'm like, get over it. Yeah. So funny. But I mean, that's just how it is. Like people, it's like some people are just like, you know, draw the line. You either watch the sub or you watch the dub. But yeah, I'm definitely one of those people that I'm like, however it's available, I'm going to watch it. <laughs> like I actually exactly. started watching uh, when we were watching Fate Stay Night um, for that episode. I didn't know that it was on Netflix. And so I was watching it on mm-hmm. Verve and on the Verve, they only had the sub. Okay. And so I watched like the first half of it subbed and then a friend of mine told me that it was on Netflix. So I was like, oh, dang, like the dubs on there. So now I I, I watched the first half subbed and I watched the second half dubbed. And well, so, so, yeah, you can compare. yeah, best of both worlds. And I liked it either way. I, I really liked both voice actors. Um, just for me personally, like preference on that one. I like the dub. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, man, good show. Good dub. It's good shit. It's all fun, Graham. I don't know why we have to draw these lines exactly. in the sand. Like, it pisses me off, man. Mm-hmm. But, oh well. Uh, one of the things that made me laugh whenever we were getting ready to talk was that you'd, uh, I'd realized that you'd said that uh, Mewtwo's Revenge was like the one of the movies that <laughs> stuck out to you from when you were a kid. I was like, that's amazing. Because all these are kind of like deep pulls and like, it's all good shit that we've been talking about. And then you're mm-hmm. like, ah, but yeah, that Pokemon movie is pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> well, because like, because like I said, like growing up, like I was so into Yu-Gi-Oh. I had all the cards. I had the dual disc. Like that was that was a Christmas present. Legit. Um, and then like I remember going and seeing Mewtwo's Revenge in the theater. I remember my dad taking me, and like I don't see like I don't remember his reaction. I just remember loving it as a kid. But looking back, I'm like. Was my dad like? What did he? How did he respond to that? Was he just like, "Oh no, I have to sit through this"? <laughs> it's Pokemon, oh. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like I feel, I, I always feel guilty that I had to drag my, <laughs> my dad <laughs> to an anime movie as a kid. <laughs> Ugh, and all those other kids freaking it. mouth breathing in that theater. God exactly. damn. <laughs> yeah, like I don't remember anything else about the experience aside from I loved it, but like. I, I I can't <laughs> I can't imagine what my dad was thinking. <laughs> uh, it's not a bad movie, I guess. Like the little, it had like the couple like little short stories up front, though, didn't it? Yeah, it had, like Pikachu's day off and like, and then like it was one. Yeah. What was that one? They're they're like at a camp. Like the Pokemon are at a camp. Was it just that one, <sighs> or was there two? See, I, I know what you're talking about. I can't, cause they, cause they, cause that became a trend too. Like for the other movies, they did like one or two short, like five minute whatever clips right before the movie played. I can't remember which ones were for specifically Mewtwo's Revenge. Ugh, that's so funny. But <laughs> those movies just have like the little 
the little uh those bumpers at the beginning and I remember those being pretty funny. One mm-hmm. of them came back to theaters at like a Fathom events or whatever. Okay. And uh I remember going to watch it and people like audibly laughing in in the theater <laughs> when we're like watching it and like some of the cuz some of like the in between like when it's like a bumper when it's going from scene to scene they had, like these really mm-hmm. cheesy like animations they did with different pokemon and people i just really? i just remember that like that sticking out to me like i don't remember that as a kid but watching it again as an adult like people cracking up when that happened i'm just like wow like that's so funny like what we think mm-hmm. is cool as a kid like oh i guess that wasn't as cool as when i was 8 like yeah exactly <laughs> There was one, but that's okay. uh, I know I've told this one before, but it cracks me up every time to talk about it. Did you, were you ever a fan of any like mechs, like Gundam wing or anything like that? I remember, um, I think it was double O. Oh yeah. was on Toonami back in like the early, they showed, mid-2000s. they showed a couple of them, G Gundam and stuff, but Gundam wing was really the big one. And so okay. we showed, uh. We showed Gundam Wing Endless Waltz, which is like right after, takes place like right after the events of like the actual show, um, okay. Gundam Wing. And um, <laughs> there's a part, it's just like so like melodramatic, you know what I mean? Like over the top, like almost like a soap opera. Okay. And some of the dub, like the dub actors, some of the lines are just not supernatural like it's not uncommon to see like an older anime like that that was wasn't done very well yeah but uh there's a scene where this little girl runs up to like the main character hero yui and it's super unnatural because she's like mister he's like laying down in a field she's like mister are you lost and before she like she waits she doesn't wait for him to like respond or anything she says mister are you lost i said are you lost and I'm like, well, that's natural dialogue, <laughs> like nicely done. Mm-hmm. So like people were showing it at Tower Theater and Josh actually came to that. And uh, people, you know, kind of got a couple chuckles just because it was awkward, you know, like <laughs> the way that she said it. And uh, to add to it, after she says that, he's like, you know, this really dramatic, like emo kind of character. And mm-hmm. uh, he's like, he looks at her, he's like, I've been lost since the day I was born. <laughs> And it's like, bro, like, come on, like, and like everyone in the, in the theater started cracking up, man. It was so funny, but it was just like, dude, could this be more dramatic? Like, come on. Well, but that so shit, that funny, shit like, like, like makes it stick out. Like it's funny. You know what I mean? Like it's memorable. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. It's kind of hokey, but like, I love it. It's like in a lovable way. You know what I mean? It's almost like because you talked about or you brought up um, Akira, like right. the first dub of Akira is is a similar vein. It's oh pretty my rough. God, yeah. Well, even like, that better dub. Yeah, there's some Tetsuo. <laughs> Tetsuo. Oh, man. It's, you know, <laughs> it was a different time. <laughs> they had different people translating, different people writing, different voice actors. And <laughs> Don't make excuses for them, Graham. They have no excuse. <laughs> exactly. I expect quality dubs <laughs> all the time. That is so funny, man. Oh. Um, so one of the cool things that I like about the way that I do my show is, well, that's kind of, that sounds kind of arrogant. I do my show great. Um, one of the things that, yeah, yeah. 
one of the things I really enjoy talking to my guests about, I guess is the way I should have phrased it. Um, I love talking about anime and like the way that we get into different anime, like that different shows. Um, Mm -hmm. but to me, it really goes hand in hand with like the music they listen to around that same time. Um, Mm -hmm. and you know, my rationale is kind of like, you kind of get shit on for like watching stuff like that at that age. Like you're not like the cool kid. You're like, why are you watching that weird cartoon or whatever? And that same way, I feel like you kind of get ostracized from music like that, because if you're not listening to what everyone else is listening to, people are like, what the fuck are you like? What is this music? And so those things have always gone hand in hand for me. And so that's kind of the whole basis behind the show. So it was cool to see some of the bands that you're into, because I'm like, dude, we are on the same wavelength for him. My guy. But I don't see every I don't see yellow card referenced all the time. I have to admit that. Oh boy. So I want to talk about those guys for sure. There's several bands. We're gonna spend some time on music, is what I'm saying, Graham. Like we that's we gotta talk hey. about some of these. <laughs> um but yeah, like yellow did talk yellow card, man. What where did you like how'd you find those Paper guys? Walls, yeah, when did Paper Walls come out? Oh man, I don't know. Let me do some ace Googling because, uh, on the fly. Cause like um I, I heard of Yellow Card through a, uh, I played a lot of Madden back in the day. It was 07. And Fighting. 2007. Yeah. 2007. Okay. Because um, Fighting by Yellow Card, which I think is also on Paper Walls, uh, was on Madden, maybe it was Madden 08 or Madden 09. <laughs> right. Um, and I just remember whenever that song came on to Madden, I'm like, this song's dope. I really like this. I'm like, and I'm like, all right, I've looked into Yellow Card and I'm like, Okay, you know what? Why not? I'll buy the album. And I just remember, like, listening to that album, like, ugh. I find that in general, I, I'll i pick an album, and I'll just listen to it nonstop for, like, a month or two. And, like, yeah, uh, like Paper Walls definitely got me. No, yeah. Everything, every song on that album, I think, is just is great. <laughs> no, it's just bangers for sure. Yeah, I love, like, it's funny to hear that because... Uh, I don't know if it's just like the EA like series as a whole. Like, I don't know who it is that picks those songs, but goddamn, if they don't like have someone like that guy needs a raise because yeah, I heard about Jimmy World. I I listened to that they were mm-hmm. on an <gasps> NHL NHL two thousand three. I think uh, Sweetness <laughs> was on that one, and then my brother had an MLB game, which I could give a shit about baseball to be honest, but. Mm-hmm. He had that game, and he would just play it. I would, sometimes I would play him or whatever. But there was a band that I'm super into from Philadelphia called Valencia. And nice. they had a song on that game. So I'm like, I think EA is just shitting on everyone, dude, with, like, their soundtracks. Like, they just... I was about to say. They're yeah. just out here, like, getting, like, top-quality stuff, like, to put on all their games, I guess. Because that's so true. Like, I've talked to so many people that have, like, talked about bands and be like dude it was like in some video game and i'm like what like that's crazy yeah <laughs> i didn't know if it was like a because like oh three would have been ocean avenue and that was the one everyone knew like you know uh, yeah. way away and all those songs ocean avenue title mm-hmm. track and then lights and sounds had some good shit on it but yeah paper walls mm-hmm. is kind of a it's kind of a dark horse <laughs> i was not expecting you to reference that album so Nice, nice, <laughs> nicely done. Nicely done is what I'm saying. Uh, I, yeah, so, you know, <laughs> what are you saying? Oh, I was gonna say, I, I, I feel like I just kind of fall into like weird albums that just like for whatever reason it's just like that's the one that stuck out to me, and I'm like, you know, 
I'll just, I'll listen to it. <laughs> no, man. Yeah, for sure. There's, and there's just like so many like different genres, especially that come into play when you like find something. It's almost like anime. Like you find something and you're like, I kind of like that. And then you find something else that reminds you of what you liked in that specific show. And you're like, oh, this reminds me of this. Must be why I like that show. Yep. <laughs> and so, yeah, there's there's a lot of like parallels between music and anime, which is another thing that I like oh, yeah. to talk about. So that's fun. Um, another band was Mayday Parade. Dude, I love Mayday Parade. Oh my god, dude! I fucking yes. love them. I saw them. They, op- I saw them in concert. We have this uh, terrible concert venue here in Oklahoma City called uh, the Diamond Ballroom, and it's just like it sounds like it would be all right, but it's like freaking ghetto as hell, man. Like bullet holes in the windows and stuff. But they have like the best. Like I've been to some of the best concerts in my life at that at that venue. Like, I saw Jimmy World there. I saw 30 Seconds to Mars there. I saw Mayday Parade with Taking Back Sunday and Anne Berlin there. Like, such a good venue, but like, or such a good, such good shows came through that venue. Yeah, lineup. Yeah, so like, man, I fucking love Mayday Parade. Um, Dude. (laughs) What was like, how was that intro? Was that just like you finding stuff that you were like into pop punk and you just found them or what? Yep. Um, they popped up on, cause once I got into high school is when I got into Pandora and Pandora is what introduced me to initially, uh, I mean, they, they got me into Lifehouse big and that was back in high school. I've, I think I own every album they've put out. <laughs> um, but then like once I got into more kind of like pop punk, punk rock, um, Stuff like All Time Low. Uh, they're a band from... They're really from Columbia, Maryland. But uh, they, they they typically say they're from Baltimore just because it's a bigger city. And, right. You know, like, by all means, like, it's... Baltimore's right next to Columbia, so... Uh, they were they were big in Maryland before uh, Dear Maria Count Me In. Um, before that single hit. And then that's when they just... They took off. But, like... Through making a Pandora playlist for All Time Low, uh, yeah, I found Made a Parade and uh, Anywhere But Here. That album, especially specifically the bonus edition, because that has the end, um, Far Away, uh, So Far Away, uh, yeah, oh. <laughs> That album's also great. <laughs> no, that shit slaps, man. Like I, that song came out the year I was a senior in high school, and that album came out. And yeah, that shit slaps, man. Like I remember that one. I did like that album. Um, I was more like a lesson in romantics, though. Like, yes, you know Jamie all over and all mm-hmm. that bullshit. But oh yeah, but oh yeah, <laughs> I did like that album, and it was just like. Just good pop punk, man. Like, there's no mm-hmm. way to, there's no other way to explain it, Graham. We don't have to explain ourselves, okay? Exactly. We like pop punk, it's- and that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that is so reassuring. <laughs> I'm starting a pop punk like, support group. You know, we damn it, we need it because <laughs> I feel like, I feel like I get ostracized more for liking pop punk than I do for liking anime, <laughs> and that's. <laughs> That's so bad. That is, yeah, that's, man, that is sad. <laughs> but but it's, like, strictly, like, 2000s pop punk. Right. Because, like, the modern stuff, like, there's some modern stuff that, 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 that yeah, I, I can jam to. But, like, mid to late 2000s, 
Oh my god, that stuff is... <laughs> um, what did I... Recently, uh, We Are the In Crowd. Oh yeah, 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 for sure. Yep, and uh, Hey Monday. Hey Monday. That, uh... Yep. <laughs> What's the other one that I'm... Uh, man, you know what? I was thinking of one, and then when you said that, I forgot who it was I was thinking of. <sighs> Modern Baseball, that's who it is. Modern Baseball, oh yes! Modern um... Baseball is the shit. Man, I brush I, I brush my teeth to that shit. They are so good. <laughs> Ugh. Um, one that I uh, there's a couple more that I wanted to touch on for sure. Uh, mm-hmm. Bowling for soup because I was able I was actually able to have uh, Jarrett Reddick on my show, so that was really exciting. I don't know if I ever told you Wait, that. Wait, really? Yeah. Say I didn't know if I ever told you that, because uh, it probably didn't come up in that Fate Stay Night episode. Like it it wouldn't have come up. Like. It would have made no sense for us to talk about that, but yeah, he oh was playing uh, bowling for soup. Played a played a show here at Tower Theater, and um, yeah, I just like it's one of those things like it's a shared venue, so like I'm here recording, and then the green room for the bands is actually right next door to the studio, and so it's like one of those things like, hey man, like I'm already here, I got my shit set up, and he does a podcast too, so mm-hmm. I'm like, hey dude, like do you want to come be on my show? And he. I only got to talk to him for like 20 minutes or something like that. But, dude, it was tight. That's 20 more than I've gotten to talk to him. (laughs) Very cool guy, man. Very cool guy. Because I talked to him about, they did that cover of A Flock of Seagulls, I Ran. You know, that classic 80s song. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that song was used as the intro for Knights of the Zodiac, like Saint Seiya. Um, Okay. The original run was on like Saturday night on uh, Cartoon Network. And I always remember their cover of that song. And so I was like this is so crazy. I get to talk to this guy. Like, how did that happen? Like, and so we, we kind of went back and forth of like the ins and out of like the music biz and how they ended up using that song for that show. And like, he talked about Phineas and Ferb and he's the mm-hmm. voice for like Chuck E. Cheese now. So he like went through yep. a bunch of different shit, but it was just like insane to even talk to this guy. I'm like, dude, I listened to your shit like all when I was like 13, 14, like middle school, high school. Never dreamed I would yeah. talk to this guy. So I'm like, this is insane. <laughs> I think Bowling for Soup might be the only band that I've seen in concert twice. Really? Yeah. <laughs> it's just good shit, man. That I, is also just it, good pop punk, man. They're, they're hilarious. Yep. Like, that was the first band that I remember, like, just, just absolutely just cracking up during one of their songs. Like, there's songs that made me laugh, but there's, like, broke me. I forget which one it was, but I just remember, like, being, like, absolutely just breaking down because of how funny it was. <laughs> yeah, those guys are crazy fun. Like, their stage presence is just crazy, man. They're hilarious. Mm-hmm. Like, working the crowd, like, riffing yeah. and, like, the antics they get get into on the stage are pretty funny. Mm-hmm. One of the things that I brought up to them was that... uh. I was talking to him about Stacy's mom because I'm like, dude, why do people always think that y'all wrote that? And he's like, <laughs> I have no idea. And he was like, he was talking about it that, you know, they just started showing up like to their shows and people had signs that said Stacy's mom. And they're like, what the fuck? Huh. Like, that's by Fountains of Wayne. Like, we didn't write that. He's like, exactly. <laughs> he's like, so we kept seeing it. So we just learned to play it. So now we play it. And I'm like, that's mm-hmm. hilarious that they like, they kept getting it, so they're like, all right, we'll learn to play it. Um, but 
hey, one of the funny things marketing. Yeah, one of the funny things he told me um was that his sister was actually he like been this was kind of a crazy thing that the way that I got to talk to him or the time that I got to talk to him he had actually just been like reunited from like to like his family that he's like never met in his life at Tower Theater and so he's like yeah I haven't seen my like I didn't I haven't met this family in like ever and he's like leaving them to come talk to me I'm like I'm sorry but um <laughs> He was talking about wow. his, his sister and was like, yeah, she said, I love your song, Stacy's Mom. He's like, oh, my God. He's like, I can't wait till we get out there and uh, like shame her. Because he's like, he told her, he just told her, like, nodded, like, oh, yeah, that song's great. And then mm-hmm. he does a whole bit on stage where he's like, I don't know why you guys think we do this song, but this is not us. Yep. So he was just like, you know, it hadn't happened yet. So he was just like rubbing his hands together like, oh, man, I'm going to get her. <laughs> But mm-hmm. it's so funny, man. So crazy. Like, really cool, like, down-to-earth dudes, man. It was a good show. All right. Uh, when did you see them, though? <laughs> um, I saw them once in high school, and then they actually came to my college. Oh, tight. Um, yeah, they were just playing in a local venue in good old Blacksburg, Virginia. Yeah, Virginia and, Tech, uh, right? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and, you know, I was like, hey. It was a uh, it was it was like a Thursday night, but I'm like bowling for soup is in town. Yeah, I'm going. Why not? Yeah, man, do your thing. <laughs> exactly. That's awesome. How funny you get to see them like when you're in high school and then reconnect with them later in college. Mm-hmm. That's pretty tight. Um, yep. <laughs> two more that I wanted to be sure to touch on. Sure. All American Rejects. <laughs> Oklahoma's own baby. I don't know if you know that they're from Stillwater, Oklahoma. Oh. Oh, really? Okay. But, uh, you know, always got to shout out the local boys when we get a chance here. Uh, well, um, Move Along was the very first album that I ever purchased with my own money. Really? Wow. Okay. <laughs> yep. Dude, there was like banger after banger on that one, too. Yeah. Yeah. Overall. Yeah. That album is. That album, like, I can I can go back and listen to a lot of the stuff and be like. Like kind of nostalgic and be like, yeah, I totally like <laughs> Green Day. Like I was really big into them. Like and kind of like as I'm listening to it now, I'm like, yeah, edgy middle school loner Graham. Yeah, he probably really liked this. But like all American rejects in general, it's like I'm listening to stuff like their stuff nowadays, and I'm like, yeah, this stuff, this stuff still, this stuff still holds up. Yeah, man. No, you're right. It is. It still holds water for sure. That album, yeah. I mean, Dirty Little Secret, Move Along, It Ends Tonight, oh, Top of the World. Yep. Like, there's a bunch of good-ass songs on that. Night Drive, Eleven Eleven. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> Man. Yeah, they're great, dude. But yeah, they are uh, they started their band at, I don't know if it was at Oklahoma State University. It's in, That's where Stillwater is. Um, okay. Or Stillwater, like OSU is in Stillwater. Um, I don't know if they okay. met at the university or, or in high school. I can't remember, but um, very cool, man. Very cool to see guys like that, like local dudes, like make it onto the big stage. So it was pretty tight. It's probably like all time low for you. Yeah. <laughs> all American rejects I, for us. Yep. Yep. But yeah, I, man, I like those guys. I like Sugar Colt too. I wanted to, I was like, Palm Trees and Power Lines was one of my first albums that I bought. Yes. And so that's a oh, such a good that, that that's the one or that's the one I'm more familiar with. What's the one of the uh, um, the guy on the bed? 
That uh, is. That is. Which one is that? Because that one has do it alone on it. Oh, yeah. Um, Stat- uh, start static, is that it? No. Lights out. Lights out. That's what it was. I heard. I there heard. We uh, there we go. I heard "Do It Alone" was about a song about jacking off, though. <laughs> I mean, it fits with the uh, album cover. <laughs> <laughs> they did a. Uh, they oh. did a cover of "A Hard Day's Night" on that too, which was tight. Okay. Okay. Like the deluxe oh, version. Wait, the deluxe version had that Beatles cover on it. Okay. Uh, but yeah, I've never heard that. Uh, Palm Trees and Power Lines. That song or that album is the mm-hmm. shit. Because uh, mm-hmm. I remember the the uh, the video, the music video for Memory would come up mm-hmm. on MTV2 all the time. And I would like watch that before I went to school. And I'm like, dude, I freaking love this song. <laughs> um, oh. Champagne, there's some good stuff on there. Mm-hmm. It sounds like, I mean, it just seems like we just had like the same mixed bag of music growing up. You like, know, that that's... <laughs> <laughs> That's that. That's like reassuring. That's very. <laughs> We're just like cut from it's the same cloth. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> there are other people like me. <laughs> um. And then yeah, another oh, one. Then oh, sorry. Go ahead. Well, then then there's Blink. I mean, Blink is for a band that kind of like fell off, or like they broke up and then tried getting back together, and then moved. And then now they've moved on from Tom DeLonge. Now there's Matt Skiba. Um, for, for a band that, that, that had that whole hiatus and kind of like period of just no one knew what was going on. Yeah, uncertainty. But, uh, Cal- uh, the most recent album, California, I love. <laughs> really? Um, yeah, like that was, that was the summer of what, 2017? That was just I had that playing every day driving to work. <laughs> Man, I uh, I can't. I just can't get behind that, Graham. I'm sorry. I can't get behind uh-huh. the Tom DeLonge-less. That's a weird way to say that. I can't get behind the Blink-182 without Tom DeLonge, man. He's for yep. me. He's the like the he's what makes the band. Like I was always kind of mm-hmm. like it was like a de facto thing. Like a bunch of my friends were super into Blink and I liked them, but it was mm-hmm. like I probably wouldn't have like fucked with them as much if my friends weren't like super into him already um okay but very much a tom DeLong fan i was like super big into angels and airwaves and so or i th- think he was like what was the other one he was in boxcar racer uh boxcar racer yeah so the funny thing is that when blink broke up and they made yeah angels and airways and then plus 44 yeah. i legitimately like both things like like both those bands right and everything that they put out like if anything, there's kind of a weird, like twisted, like I. It was almost a good thing. You're like more content <laughs> for me. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, no, I, I'm about to say like I, I've, I, I legitimately like Tom DeLonge as well. If anything, I love how his voice and then uh, uh, Mark Mark Compass, like how different their voices are, and on songs like. Um, not always. Uh, feeling this or shoot. something? Yes, feeling this. I, was thinking, exactly. I always think of that song mm-hmm. because it's like two different songs in one. Exactly. And it's like, and their voices are like almost polar opposites, but it works so well. Yeah, well, yeah, you're right. Cause like Mark mm-hmm. Hoppus kind of does that, like, Bait Bell Short. 
And then yeah, it's super Tom, mellow and just soothing. Yeah, Tom always does his "Take me away from here." Yeah. I'm like, exactly. come on, Tom. Like, <laughs> he like has like that really like accentuated. Where are you? Like, come on, yep, dude. You don't have very to. nasally, but very shrilling. But people remember that shit. People always remember that yeah. part of uh, of um, what is that song that I just sang? That where are you? Oh, um, uh, I miss you. People you, always yes. remember that part of I miss you. Yep. Well, because like if anything, I feel like that voice as kind of like, I don't know, unsettling as it might be to some people. <laughs> I feel like that cap- <laughs> it captures kind of like that. It captures teenage angst perfectly. <laughs> right. And you know, like, like for, for some of the songs he's singing, that's exactly what he's going for. And it like it's one of those things where it's like it, it's weird. It's it's not ideal, I guess. But it works. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, it made them different. Like, they didn't sound like anybody yeah. else. But, mm-hmm. yeah, it's funny, man. Like, I always, ugh, my yard and my yed. Like, come on, Tom. Finish your fucking <laughs> words, bro. Like, <laughs> but yeah. here we are remembering the shit that he says. So I'm like, okay, yeah. well, it worked, I guess. And and nowadays, Blink is much more mature like they're all dads. Oh yeah, they're not like talking about their assholes and like yeah. jacking off and stuff. Yeah, and it's and it, it it is very different. It's very different not having um, Tom around because Mark takes more of a lead. Um, which in general, I I love Mark's voice as well. Right. Like for especially for like the ballads and like I don't know some of the slower songs. Yeah, like I I think he has a much more appealing voice. <laughs> No, yeah, it's, than, than, than Tom's. it is. I mean, they did a lot of stuff where like it would be Mark on the verse and Tom on the chorus or them both on the chorus, mm-hmm. like stay together for mm-hmm. the kids. I mean, yes. I don't think that song would work if Tom, if, if, if Tom sang the, the verse, you know yeah. what I mean? Mark's, yep. Mark's vocals, like kill that song. That song is so fucking good. Mm-hmm. And so it, that's interesting. They're an interesting band too. Cause it's like, you know, especially like the. Mark, Tom, and Travis show, like, them mm. talking about fucking and stuff, like, yeah. in between that, Tom, like, stupid stuff, like, in riffing, like, these yeah, really, Tom like... getting abducted yeah. by aliens, he probed in the butthole. <laughs> and then they do, you know, like, these really, like, heartfelt, like, songs, and you're like, god damn, like, these guys really yeah. run the gamut. <laughs> but really, that must have been the inspiration of Angels and Airways, like, because it always thought that sounded mm. like uh, spacey stuff. Tom getting abducted by aliens. <laughs> yep. Yeah, because the whole music video for uh, it's not the journey. Everything's magic. Yeah. It is about like what teenagers going out and stargazing and going alien watching and whatever. Like that's that's what Tom would have done in high school. <laughs> no, yeah, I think you're right, man. And he's super into like aliens. Didn't he like I saw an article recently. He like was in debt because he was like doing like UFO research or some shit. <laughs> Well, I also heard that when uh, during the election two years ago, he wrote a letter to Hillary asking her what her stance was on aliens <laughs> and if uh, <laughs> and if elected president, what she would do about them. Oh, my God. Are you so, serious? Yeah. I'm going to have to look that shit up. That's crazy. <laughs> I'm going to read that. <laughs> that is insane, dude. People are funny, man. Yeah, you know, the stuff people are into, you're like, wow. And and then there's also um the, the, the drummer Travis um Travis Barker. Right. Who like another guy, very interesting life. 
and borderline like uh almost kind of tragic uh like there's some story about him like like from from like a at a very young age he's always had like an insane fear of flying that like whenever possible he always wanted the band to travel on a bus he hated flying he just had this this suspicion that he would die in a plane crash and then he gets in a plane crash <laughs> i know that's so crazy dude he was like one of the only survivors <laughs> dude i'm out on that i am out exactly on that. i'm not that's why i don't fly in any of these goddamn little ass planes graham yep i'm not gonna fuck around and end yep. up like la bamba mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you gonna write folk songs about me oh. um yeah dude i'm out on that for sure i like flying yeah. but like in a normal ass size plane yeah give me a give me a 747 yeah i'm saying um one of the funny things that i I, uh, it's no, it's no like secret now, like to people that listen to the show that I do like a little survey before, like I do my mm. show, especially with someone that I don't really know. Cause it gives us like good talking points and stuff, but I'm guilty of not really like changing it to be more like, uh, accessible for people that aren't from Oklahoma city. So I'll put like, okay. what local bands do you like? And then what do you like about living in Oklahoma city? And you were nice enough to talk yeah. about the thunder a little bit, but. Um, you did put a a local band is this a local band from from maryland stack like pancakes yes they are um uh i put them on there because they're the only local band that i know (laughs) (laughs) well what's their Um, vibe man what's their deal so they're uh they're they're ska but they're like modern ska really like it's it's like some like they aren't like, like some five iron like they, frenzy type shit or what? Like they're they're similar to like real big fish. Okay, but like where where they have the full the full like the horns, the saxophones, as well as like the singer guitars, all that stuff. Um, but like they 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 take a more modern approach to ska, I guess. Um, and they're going through. I mean, like I the funny thing is I know people who have worked with them or worked for them and. Um, they're just, they're just a fun, upbeat ska band from, uh, I think they're technically from Baltimore. Very tight, um, man. That's cool, dude. Yeah. Shout out to stack, stacked like pancakes. Yeah. We were just talking about, uh, I was talking to one of my guests about ska, that band pain. Um, pain. yeah, they did. If you remember back on like boomerang, they did these bumpers that were like different cartoons. They did one bumper that was like a jabber jaw, like. Yes, it came to life. That was oh my god. Pain is the band that's singing that Wait. song. I thought that was the Neptunes. Well, it, the Neptunes is the band that's like the the on the show Jabberjaw. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, but yeah, like <laughs> the oh, actual band the that performed band. <laughs> it is Pain, and okay. I heard they're actually coming back. Like they're making a comeback or something. Huh. But yeah. Oh yeah, because I know exactly around, what you're talking dude. about that that short. <laughs> Yeah, man, like, I actually found that, like, I had found, like, all these bumpers because I had them on my phone. One of the things I've been wanting to try to do uh, when we program movies up here at Tower is, like, show some of those, like, really iconic, like, bumpers that would show, like, on Toonami or, like, uh, stuff like that. Like, those ones that were, like, compilations of different clips from shows with, like, some original music that Toonami produced. And uh, it's pretty tight because, like, people always remember these. So I wanted to start showing like programming them into like before the movie and stuff like that. Um, just mm-hmm. to give you like that real, like nostalgic type feeling. 
Um, but I had a bunch of them on my phone randomly, like all these videos. And I was like, I like was running out of like room on my phone. So I was going through deleting all a bunch of stuff. And I was like, what are these videos? And I found that one on my phone, that Jabberjaw like music video where they like come to life off the like lunch pail or whatever. <laughs> and I was yep. like, freaking yep. iconic, dude. Crazy. Mm-hmm. I always remember that, man. Those bumpers are like just straight, like straight to the main line heroin hit like nostalgic (laughs) (laughs) but yeah man it's crazy well grand man i really appreciate you taking the time to come chat with me about anime and music dude um real quick why don't you tell people where they can follow anime book club like any of the other projects that you're working on stuff like that on like social media sure so um i guess um (laughs) i do a little bit of podcasting myself um i'm a part of a uh i guess a podcasting family or or group. Uh, we call, call ourselves the, the Scavengers Network. Um, you can follow me there. I, I do a couple podcasts there. I guest appear on a couple things, but um, the main thing that I've been a part of was a, uh, is a series called Myth Takes, which is a... Uh, it's If you're familiar with the, um, the Adventure Zone, um, it's kind of made in, as, as an inspiration, an inspiration of that, <laughs> where we're playing a game called Monster of the Week, which is, it's just a pretty simple RPG where you have like a couple of stats, you have a couple, they call them moves, and then you have, you have two six-sided dice. And then that kind of determines like what, that, that, I guess that determines like the, the the randomness of the game, but then everything else is told like through the, the keeper or the, right. the DM. That's the only thing that's like up the to chance. Very, yeah, exactly. The, the game is very narrative at, at its core, which is fun. Um, so yeah, so that, that's the Scavengers Network. You can find us on Twitter at ScavengersNet. Um, and then I, I mentioned before that <laughs> all the stuff I, I do for Unlocked, um, if you have, oh, I can now say, uh, I mean, uh, the Unlocked app is now for both iPhone and Android. Yeah. It used to only be for iPhone. Yeah. <laughs> I used to have that, that prefix of like, if you have an iPhone, you can have the Unlocked app, but no, anyone, anyone can download the Unlocked app now, which is uh, pretty, pretty cool. Yeah, man. It's very tight. Um, and then I stream there every Sunday night around 8.30 Eastern Standard Time um, or just whenever I'm feeling cheeky and just <laughs> want to do a stream for fun. <laughs> so, yeah, those are, my, uh, those are my two little passion projects. No, that's cool, man. And, yeah, for everyone listening, like, Graham does some cool shit. Like, definitely check it out. I don't know how many people know about, like, that Unlocked app, but it's pretty tight. Uh, done a couple of streams with Josh. We've watched, like, crazy Japanese commercials and, like... <laughs> It's just fun. Like, there's a bunch of different like content creators on there. So, not sponsored by Unlocked or anything. I just it's just a cool app, and I like a lot of the people that are on there. I've met some cool people on there. So, shout out to that for sure. Yeah, it's a fun little community. <laughs> well, as always, guys, you could follow us on social media. That's Tunes Tunes Podcast T U N E S slash T O O N S. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can listen to us on Google Play, iTunes, Spotify, wherever you find your podcasts. So. Thanks again, Graham. Hey, it's been a pleasure.